What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, we want to let you know that we'll be donating 100% of our sales and donations at crazyfaceuno.com. That's crazyfaceuno.com to the World Central Kitchen, founded by Chef Jose Andres. Together is how we defeat this invisible enemy. With that said, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Christopher Hartley. Welcome, Christopher. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah. We first met, man, it was probably like 2011. Yeah, I think it was about 2011. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's related to Invisible Children. So if you're listening and you've, and you're like, man, this guy, he's got to like stop having guests from Invisible Children, like got to stop talking about it. But we lived in San Diego, uh, by far our favorite place to go uh, was Sushi Deli, downtown San Diego. And Christopher, I'm going to, just so everybody knows, uh, I'm going to call you CJ probably throughout this podcast, but CJ was, you were waiting at uh, the Sushi Deli and that's how we kind of got to know you. We were in there frequently, uh, drinking excessively, potentially, and uh, you were always our favorite waiter, so... Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed working there, and I enjoyed having you guys. You guys were always fun. Yeah, yeah. We we always we always like to have a good time. It was uh, that's for sure. We always like to have a good time. But that was the first time we met. I think we hung out maybe all together, maybe once. I I know we didn't really get to spend much time, you know, like getting to know each other back in San Diego days before, you know, I kind of took off, and a lot of us kind of came and went there for a while. But um, yeah. Yeah, we, we, I don't really know you very well, Christopher, but I was scrolling through, you know, social media, like we've all been doing endlessly uh, since this uh, pandemic has taken over our lives. And uh, you're living in New York right now. And what yes, part of New York? I'm in Manhattan, um, Manhattan, in West Village in Manhattan. Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, and I saw you. You made a post that said, "Hey, I haven't said much about it, but you know, I've came down with COVID nineteen and I've recovered and I'm doing well." And I was like, "Whoa, that's the first person that I know, um, that I know of at least, that has the virus and has came out on the other end of things." And uh, we reached out and wanted to have you on the show and kind of hear your story and kind of how this all unfolded and. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to be able to get, give everybody the opportunity to kind of understand what you went through. At least I know that there's, you know, varying degrees and varying um, different details and experiences that people have had throughout this process. But um, we wanted to get your take and kind of your, um, yeah, your side of the story and kind of what New York was like. Um, before we kind of get into that, I wanna, I wanna catch up with you. I wanna know kind of like what you're up to you know, like vocationally. And I know you've got some, some other projects and other things that um, you're very interested in and very involved in. So I would love to yeah. kind of hear a little bit more about that. So okay, cool. why don't we start off with 
kind of fill us in. What are you What are you doing for work these days? I know it sounds like you're still working. Yeah, um, I am a software engineer, so I'm able to work from home. Nice. Um, um, which is nice. A lot of people here don't have jobs at the moment, um, so I'm grateful to have a job. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's been nice just working out my small desk in my teeny apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. My wife and I are we've we've been working from home. You know, I do this. I do this from home. Uh, and this yeah. is kind of what I've been dedicating my life to in the last, you know, nine months or so. And uh, my wife is, she's amazing. She's kicking ass and she supports our family and um, she's working from home too. So we're kind of working out of the same uh, space these days. And I got podcasts, throw it on the schedule and she's like, all right, I'll take my computer and go in the other room and <laughs> it's got this little desk just like you were talking about this little desk in our in our like, spare bedroom and we're like all right see you later <laughs> so. it's a perfect setup then yeah yeah whatever works i know it, it is you just kind of gotta go with the flow i always find it funny right now you know you see all these different interviews and people's kids coming in and i don't I guess I understand, but I don't quite understand why people get so like embarrassed that their kid comes in. It's like, it's kind of endearing in my opinion. Yeah. I'm like, Oh cool. Like they're human, you know, like you don't yeah. have to be above like being human. Like you're like the rest of us. So cool. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I agree. yeah. Software engineer. Um, how long have you been doing that? Um, so I've been a software engineer for um, maybe four, five years. Okay. Cool. Um, but I've only been in New York actually for about a year and a half. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I moved here from Utah. Okay. Um, about a year and a half ago. Cool. Are you from Utah? Yeah, I grew up in California and Utah. Okay. Um, kind of moved back and forth between the two. Yeah. I went, I went back to Utah to study computer science. Nice. Um, after Sushi Deli. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you miss San Diego ever? I, I do, but I really love New York, so yeah. I, I feel more at home here. Cool. Um, I do miss the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I moved away from San Diego, and I immediately moved basically to – I went and spent like a month and a half with my family in Indiana, and then I immediately mm-hmm. moved to uh, uh, like St. Paul, Minnesota, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the like – it was like a record-breaking like amount of negative – 20 degree days or something stupid the first winter that I was there and I was like you've got to be kidding me like what decision did I just make (laughs) and uh yeah I lived there for six years (laughs) I lived there for six years and then just the last uh this last well nine months ago basically or eight months ago back July August of 2019 my wife and I moved to uh South Florida so now we find ourselves South Florida and Back to the beaches, and I like it. The weather's a little bit better. <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a Friday. What is it? The tenth today when we're recording. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening to this, I'm gonna post it on Tuesday uh, this next week. So if you're listening to this, it was Friday, but uh, yesterday on Thursday, it was a high of 94 degrees here in South Florida. It was a, uh, you know, it was one of those things that I was willing to take that on for the rest of the country, and I uh, just wanna. You know, just everybody to know like that 94 degrees was a little warm. I know some St. Paul, some Minnesota people had some snow yesterday, but 
We took on the 94 degrees, so don't worry. We took one for the team. I'm jealous. I know, I know. I'm just trying to rub it in a little bit. It's about the only thing I can rub in right now, so, you know. Uh, yeah. CJ, you, you are a very fit man. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. I... You have transformed your body since the last time I saw you, for sure. And uh, yeah, now, like it's awesome. It's really cool. What? Yeah. How did you find you want to you want to talk a little bit about this? I, I know you're into fitness. You're yeah. into kind of working out, and it's a hobby or a passion of yours. Maybe I don't I don't know exactly the extent of it, but um, yeah, it's it's impressive. You have a, a very fit body. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a it's a hobby of mine. It, I was thinking maybe one day competing in bodybuilding, but cool. we'll see if that happens. Um, it's a lot of work, and I don't know if I want to put the time yeah, into that. For sure, for sure. Um, but it's a it's a fun hobby. Um, I think back when I knew you, I was probably uh, forty pounds lighter. <laughs> so really, yeah, I, I yeah I. I'm about 200 pounds right okay. now, and back then I was probably like 160. So I, I put on a lot of muscle, I think, since then. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, it was just became a, a hobby of mine to to just try and get um, bigger and yeah, um, just like bodybuilding in general, trying to perfect like my physique. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's been a good hobby, um, a long time to actually see progress i guess like it, it's right. not as easy as it looks at least for me yeah um um but yeah i i very much enjoy working out it kind of is um a de-stressor for me as well for sure i have a so, lot of friends that are that way uh one of my best friends yeah. from college uh he was in our, our wedding joel hartzell hasn't been on the show yet but he he's the same way he always talked about you know growing up and in college and whatnot he was like it's just it's like therapeutic for me. It's it's relaxing. Like it's something that I enjoy, and um, like I I need to do it. Otherwise, I like kind of feel off, and it yeah helps like me to decompress and to relax. And it's like cool, man. Go do it. You know, <laughs> like do yeah. your thing. That's awesome. Uh, when did you yeah. start? When did you kind of make that transition, or has it been something you've been kind of interested in for a while, or how did that come I, about? I've always been interested in it my whole life, but it just. Um, it was always difficult for me to, um, be persistent in it actually. Yeah. And so like I would work out hard for like a month and then I just kind of get sick of it and then move on to other things. Um, or like just sticking with the eating was hard cause you have to eat right. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, um, what kind of diet do you, but, you know, kind of prescribe to or what, what's your what's your nutrition kind of look like? Um, so right now it's mostly protein, um, and like vegetable, like I have protein and vegetable yeah. with like every meal. almost. Yeah. Um, right now I'm trying to gain some more weight. So I have a little bit higher carb intake right now. Sure. Um, but yeah, so like mostly just a ton of protein, like eggs, yeah. um, chicken, just, yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's yeah, yeah. It's funny because I think that over specifically over the last several years, um, you know, we've really moved 
fitness, athletics, nutrition in general has really moved to um, off of a lot of the carbs, you know, I mean, not completely getting rid of them, but kind of talking less about uh, processed carbs and more about, you know, kind of the clean carbs and eating clean. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at fitness and, and you want a lean body and you got to remove the carbs, that's that's just part of it. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I think there's been a lot of a lot of movement, a lot of uh, I don't know learning that's been done in, in nutrition in the last several years that maybe has uh, propelled people. And I, I don't think it's like a, a new secret. It's just uh, it's something that's kind of permeated our society a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. Is um, what about is cardio a part of? Or is it just like the lifting? So I was doing cardio um, every day, mm -hmm. walking um, on an incline is actually what I pre okay. prefer doing. Um, I don't like running. Yeah. It's either. not my favorite thing. And so the best thing for, like to get your heart rate up and to lose fat is to walk on an incline. Okay. Um, Plus you tone up the, the legs and the glutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I kind of haven't been doing that as much the last few months because um, I count walking to work as a cardio. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I should probably get back to it. Sure. Uh, trim up a little more, but I, I will in the summertime maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. New York, yeah. very walkable city. Uh, yes. Pretty, I mean, you said you walk to work. How far is work from, from your um, place? Um, it's about a 25 minute walk. Cool. Um, so it's not bad. I don't always do it. Yeah. It's, it's about a 20 minute, um, subway like ride. Sure. Um, um, because I actually have to walk the way that I have to walk to the subway. It just makes it almost the amount of time that it would take <laughs> to, to walk. So Figures, sometimes, right? yeah, I prefer just <laughs> walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could, I could feel that it's almost more hassle to like try to go through the any other way public might as well just yeah, yeah public transit <laughs> might as well just walk that extra five miles and and do whatever but yeah, yeah I, I guess exactly. I was kind of wanting to lay that out there just you know kind of understanding um you're a you take care of yourself you know you're yep. you're in pretty good shape you're you're in a you're in a good place physically and um yeah I think that's I think that's maybe important to understand before we kind of jump into the COVID-19 stuff. But um, how is New York right now? Just as a whole, you know, I was looking this morning and uh, I believe New York just surpassed, you know, over 160,000 cases. Um, we've got over, you know, well over 400,000 cases in the United States of COVID-19. And, you know, there sounds like there's some good news coming, you know, from, from what I've heard. Uh, but we're still, still got a lot of question marks, still got a lot of, uh, unknowns with, with how things are going and how this is going to unfold over the next, you know, several weeks. But how would you describe New York right now? How has it kind of transformed over the last, um, month, month and a half per se? Yeah. I mean, it's completely different than like a month and a half ago before like the lockdown started. Yeah. Um, everyone was just living their life just as normal. Um, even though we kind of knew about COVID, um, 
some people did pre um, self isolate. Yeah. Uh, at, at that point, but a lot of people just didn't really realize how big of a deal it was. Sure. Because when would you say that started to happen? You know, when people the started... pre uh, like when people started to self isolate. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some coworkers that did that. I think it was probably um, the end of February. Cool. Um, I had um, a couple coworkers that live with their elderly parents or like visit their elderly parents, whatever. Um, and they just didn't want to have the chance of passing it on to them. Sure. Um, and so they were, they decided to self isolate. Um, but, but I mean, I was watching the numbers daily just out of curiosity. Yeah. Seeing like the number of cases and it, it went from like six to like 22 in a couple of days. Right. And it just, like that doesn't seem like that much. But, no, but when you look yeah, at statistically, like, <laughs> yeah, like six, <laughs> that's a lot. That's like three times, you know, that's yeah. growth, 300% growth, you know, I mean, plus. Yeah. And so like for me, it, I didn't even think about it that much, to be honest. I was like, this mm-hmm. is crazy, but like, I'm not going to get it. Like, right. Whatever. Like it's, it's not going to happen to me, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and then like a week after that is when they basically, um, I think it was like a week or two after that I saw that it was, the numbers were so much bigger and they, they decided to do like a lockdown in the city basically. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when, when was the official kind of like declaration of like the lockdown in New York? Do you remember? Let's see. Um, it's hard to remember with all of the, yeah, just, the days are kind of bleeding together. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I had a friend that posted something, you know, it was like, I don't know he, who needs to see this today, but today's Wednesday. And that was like on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, it's Wednesday. Like, raise my hand. I needed that, you know? Yeah, they definitely yeah, blended together. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the official lockdown, um, they started, you know, closed down stores and everything. I believe it was probably like mid-March. So not too long ago. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, it's the tenth day. Yeah, probably almost a month ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, that's when they started to really like get serious. Um, I remember at first, like, just random bars d- decide to um, not be open. Yeah. And I thought that was so strange. I'm like, why are they doing that already? Like, yeah. it's not, we're not lo- in lockdown yet. Um, but. I mean, now that I look back, yeah. I, everything should have been shut down a lot earlier. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, it it's so strange. Like, I think everything really should have been um, shut down a lot faster. And because New York is like the perfect place for a virus to spread. Yeah. Because everyone is so close together. Mm-hmm. Everyone takes public transit. Yep. Yeah. And even if you don't, you're, you're walking, you know, and everybody yeah. knows that yeah. the New York sidewalks and streets are, it's a, it's busy. <laughs> it's Very the way busy. of life. It's just how it works. Um, yeah. So I, you're, you're kind of right. Like it's no big surprise and that that's kind of how it developed in some ways based on just how new, the life of New Yorkers, you know, mm-hmm. very yeah. close, uh, small apartments, lots of people and, uh, 
yeah, it, it, hindsight's always twenty twenty. you know, and I think we could even say the same for our country, you know, if we, we are learning a lot more, if we would have shut things down, if we'd have prepared a little bit sooner, you know, we'd be looking at something different. It doesn't mean that we wouldn't have, you know, similar numbers at the moment, but uh, I think the recovery would be different and, and things would look a little bit differently for sure. It's, yeah. it's hard, right? I mean, I, I do not envy anybody that is in leadership, um, you know, in politics and political leadership right now. It, I, I can't imagine what they're going through. Yeah. It's hard. It and especially, hard. Yeah. especially in New York, uh, is it Cuomo? Did I say Cuomo. it right? Cuomo. Cuomo. Uh, yeah. Man, he seems to be handling things, you know, maybe they're late to the party, but it seems to be handling things quite well. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He does like a live um, speech, whatever, every day. Yeah. Um, and he, he like talks about the numbers and where things are going. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's been amazing. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I I, I feel like the whole world's kind of you know watching New York and and following. Um, following him for sure and, and kind of listening to those things. I know a lot of my friends have been like, wow, like, man, he's done a really great job. And I, I think that's really cool. I think it's cool to see people kind of celebrate those successes and, and just how people are handing things. I really love how he's open and honest and he, he's not yeah. kind of like pulling punches. He's, he's telling you the truth, but he's also, um, he's hopeful, you know, he, he's, he's yeah. definitely holding the morale and he, he leads, he's leading, people well i think and I, I love watching the the interviews with him and his brother and they're yeah. uh they're they're joking back and forth it really humanizes things and makes them feel like you know, kind of like we said in the beginning it just kind of i don't know it makes you feel like hey we're in this together and and we're all human and we've all had brothers and sisters and and families and and grew up and and honestly that's part of what this podcast is all about and i know we're kind of altering things a little bit um just because of the times but you know, that's, that's really been a focus of our podcast is showing that we're all human and, and uniting us that we, we come from similar backgrounds and even the things that are different, it's still a lot of similarities. And I, I think that's important that no matter who you are, no matter, you know, what your religious views are, your political views, your sexual orientation, whatever that is, it doesn't matter. It's not important. It's what's important is that we do truly all have a story and, and all, all of our stories matter. And, um, and I think that at the end of the day, I hope, and I'm very hopeful that maybe we'll start to see that as a society, um, as we continue to grow and, um, continue to work through this, you know, uh, unprecedented yeah. time. Yeah. Well, CJ jump into, um, maybe start to kind of like, lay out the picture of when did you start to feel sick? You know, what did that look like? Um, and, and kind of paint that picture of how this kind of all started to ramp up for you. Okay. Yeah. So it was about, um, I think it was the 16th, Monday, the 16th of March that I had my first symptoms. I it was my first day working from home. Um, and like, I was just having trouble concentrating. Like I felt like I was coughing a lot and I thought maybe it was just, you know, first day working from home. Yeah. Um, maybe like there's dust in the air. I didn't really think much of it. It just seemed like I was coughing too much though. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember making a comment to my coworker like, Oh, 
I've been coughing a lot. I wonder, like, like I wonder why. And I didn't yeah. even think it would be like COVID. Like I didn't think much of it. Um, and then the next day, um, I was just, I felt horrible. Like I, I still tried to work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just still coughing a lot. And I had a mild fever that day. Um, and if, if I jump in here, sorry, CJ. Yeah, go ahead. Um, both things. So yeah. cough and mild fever. What could you describe your cough? I know this is maybe more personal, oh, yeah. but like, what, what was that like? Here, here, for instance, like I, for the last month and a half, you know, it's spring, there's pollen everywhere. Uh, I have allergies. So I wake up every morning, yeah. I'm congested. And I think a lot of people, uh, you know, that I've talked to are, are going through similar things, you know, you might even hear it a little bit now, like I'm a little congested. I've had it for a long time. It's not, this is my life. I take an allergy pill every day. So I know what that cough is like, you know, um, yeah. I know what that is, is, and it goes away. It's not, it's not here forever. It's not COVID-19, but yeah. Um, what, what was that cough like? You know, obviously it kind of snuck up on you. You didn't think anything about it at first, but what was that like? So I actually um, cough a lot as well. Like I, I have allergies almost all the time. So mm-hmm. it, it did seem a little different just cause it felt, it felt more dry than anything. Like it just felt like, like my throat didn't hurt. Yeah. Um, it didn't really feel like I, like had any phlegm or anything like yeah. usually if i have a cough it's because of allergies which has more like phlegm in it or yeah. something but yeah. this was just like a like a dry like my throat didn't feel dry it just felt like a dry cough i don't mm. know how to explain it other than that like um it just i just felt like i had to cough co- constantly but yeah. not for any reason sure sure <laughs> yeah yeah and then, and then, and then fever. As far as fever wise, is that, you know, what was your temperature? What was that mild fever? So it was never past one hundred and one. I think the highest. Well, actually, I think the highest was one hundred one point two or something like that. Okay. So. So you had some chills. Not too high. You felt it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt more than anything. I felt actually the like chills and like body aches. Yeah. And. And, like, the weird thing with all of that, though, um, so, like, the first three days that I was getting those, it would come and go. Mm. And it would be like, oh, my gosh, I feel so sick. I can't leave my bed type thing. Like, my body just hurts. And I would just lay in bed and, like, not want to move and, um, like, not even want to watch TV. Like, my eyes hurt from maybe the fever. I I don't know what it was. Yeah. Like, I would just lay there. Um. But then a few hours later or however long later, I would feel completely normal and feel like I was ready to do whatever, like I could work out or anything. Mm -hmm. And so it was very strange because it felt like I was over it, like, oh, this can't be COVID because I'm I'm better. Yeah. And then like the next day or a few hours later, I would just feel horrible again. So Mm -hmm. the fever, um, coughing, um, body aches. Um, I also had a few other weird symptoms that I don't know are, are normal, but like I had an earache okay. at the beginning, um, which when I talked to the doctor, she said that, I mean, it, it's a virus, so that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just, 
it's different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And interesting. Yeah. When did you go to the doctor? So I called, um, where I work, I'm lucky enough to have doctors on site. Mm. And so I called into the health center on Wednesday because that's when I was feeling kind of the worst Yeah, that Wednesday. Um, and I, I thought since like I was having these ups and downs at that point, um, it might be wise to call them and see what's up. And, um, she said like to keep an eye on my symptoms and that it actually did sound like it was COVID because of these ups and downs. Yeah. Um, most viruses or like the flu, you get really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once you start feeling better, you're better. Yeah. Whereas they've they've seen with this, right? It does have that kind of roller coaster type thing. Yeah. Um, and at that point, they didn't really. I still don't think they know that much about it. But she said just to keep an eye out on my breathing, mm-hmm. and if I have any breathing issues, then I should probably go to the hospital. Um, yeah. And so I just decided to stay in and rest mm-hmm. for a few more days. Um, and I actually did start having breathing issues, uh, yeah. about Friday. Okay. And so, so from March 16th, that was your first symptoms. And then yeah. what was the Friday? Do you remember the date? Um, I guess that would be, what would that be? The 20th, 21st? I don't have a calendar in front of yeah. me. I can't no, do that right now. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, so it was, you know, Four or five days yeah. uh, in that you started to notice the the, the breathing issues. Was that like a tightness yeah. in, in the chest? No, it actually, I think that Wednesday is when I started to feel just kind of heavy-ish in the chest. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can explain it. Like, um, it wasn't like I was having problems breathing. And it was more just like... It didn't feel tight. It just felt heavy. I don't, that's the only way I can think to explain it. No, it's totally fine. Um, I get it. We get it. Um, and to be honest, like I wasn't sure, like it was just anxiety of like everything that was happening Yeah. and like making it harder to breathe or whatever. So I, I didn't really think much about it at first. Um, but then like it did end up being more difficult to, to breathe. And, mm-hmm. um, like just shortness of breath, couldn't take a full breath, that kind of yeah. thing. Or? Yeah, so like the 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 breathing problems mostly came um, when kind of moving around at all, or just it's kind of weird when I was eating, mm. it was difficult to breathe. Like yeah. I'd be out of breath, like I had just ran like a mile just from like taking a few bites of food. Sure. It was very strange. Sure. <laughs> um, um, was appetite but, still there? I mean, you, you're eating. I know a lot of times, mm-hmm. at least for me, when I'm sick, I'm not, you know, you don't always have that appetite. Did, did appetite go away or was that something that was still present? For me, um, it did kind of go away, but um, actually, wait, no, I take that back. It did go away a lot at that yeah. point. Like around that Friday, is when like my appetite went away completely. Yeah. That's when my, that's when I lost the sense of smell and taste as well. Yeah. Which is which such is... an interesting like symptom, you know, smell and taste. 
what, yeah. what I I know that's pretty self-explanatory, but like, what does it mean to lose your sense of smell and taste? It's it's weird. Like you would think it'd be more noticeable at first, but it, like it wasn't. It took me a minute to realize. Like, oh wait, I can't smell anything right now. Yeah, like cooking food and being like, wait, I can't smell this. <laughs> so like for me, like I I thought maybe I was being crazy and i i would grab some cologne that i have and like sprayed it right in my face yeah and i couldn't smell any of it at all I'm like okay oh, yeah wow. i definitely lost it completely yeah and so like, you go to the hospital and you're like man you smell great man like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was interesting yeah um, that's crazy i i like that's like a really interesting side effect or, or symptom that i you yeah. know we've heard and you're you're like listing all the like symptoms and which is kind of interesting too the ones that are like the people talk about the most and yeah it's it's interesting i've i've wondered what that was kind of like or what that experience would be like yeah it's actually really strange to like not being able to taste like i you can tell that something's sweet in a way but have it doesn't have any flavor or like you can i could taste that it was like salty yeah but no flavor Huh. It was very strange. You could get like the base flavor of it, I guess. Yeah. Like, wow, that's that's wild. Yeah. Did where where's your where's your head at during this time? You know, we're we're you know, since March 16th to March 20th, 21st, you know, that Friday. What man, that's like a it's got to really mess with your with your brain, with your mind. Where, where are you at mentally and, and emotionally? Um I I think for the most part I was just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sure. like kind of out of it to be honest. Yeah. And so f- for the most part I was okay, like whatever, I'm just gonna rest and get better. Um and so mentally I, I was just kind of too exhausted to really think of anything. Um if that makes sense. No, it it is. Um but then like my breathing did get worse in the weekend. Okay. Um, and that's when I kind of started to freak out. Yeah. Um, because breathing's kind of important. <laughs> A <laughs> tiny bit. A tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so I actually ended up um, going to the ER um, just because I didn't know what else was open. Yeah. Just to actually get tested and to see if there was anything that they could, um, do for me for the breathing issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I should probably say the reason why I went to the ER is because I, I actually got a package at my door and I went downstairs to get it and I was bringing it upstairs and I could barely walk up the stairs. Mm. Um, like, like I was struggling to get up one flight of stairs and when I got into my apartment, like I was so exhausted, like out of breath, exhausted. Like I, yeah. I, I just laid down on the floor and I like passed out for one second, because wow. um, I couldn't breathe and it was kind of scary. Um, yeah. And so I thought at that point that's probably that's probably a good reason to go and you know see what's going on, see if there's anything they can do for me. I would. I would um, agree with you. I think you made the right decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was kind of weird going to the hospital. I kind of felt like 
like I felt bad because I, I didn't want to take resources from you yeah. know people that might be older or sick. Mm-hmm. But I I was worried about myself, so yeah. I hope I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it um, is. I mean, that, that's I think we've I don't know. I feel the same way. You know, like I I don't want to be. I think one of the big things, and and this I think should be something you think about personally, but uh, man, like I don't, I don't want to go out and be out in public, and you know continue on with my normal life, and then be part of the problem that is overwhelming the hospitals, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that like that's my cogn- that's like my brain right now is like, well, I need to do my part because I don't want to be part of the problem, right? But the problem mm-hmm. isn't getting the virus and having it and getting, getting help. It's doing your part beforehand, I think. But I, I, I hate going to the doctor. I hate going to the, you know, any of that. I I got strep throat, uh, a few months ago and that was the first time I'd been to the doctor in probably like, I don't know, six years, you know, five years. Like it'd been a long time. Like I hadn't, I don't go like it's unless I'm in, serious pain or something, you know, I guess I had gotten some stitches before, but like actually going to the doctor because I was sick, like strep throat, you know, um, that was, it's been a long time. And I think the last time I went to the doctor was like five years for strep throat. So it was like the same thing. Um, but like, yeah, my, my point is like, I don't really go to the doctor that often, but I don't think you should feel guilty for going to the doctor and going to the ER because you had, you had an illness and you got sick and you contacted, you know, (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah. It's just part of the, part of the, part of the deal. You know, we want everybody to be healthy and get better and be well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't go though. I mean, I'm glad that I got tested and knew that it was that because I think being here in New York, everyone kind of is worried like, Oh, I have a little bit of of a cough. Is that it? And like, I, I'm, I didn't want to think that I was just like going crazy and just yeah. imagining all these symptoms. And I don't know. It's nice to have some sort of validation that I, I was actually as sick as I thought I was. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Yep. Yep. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So you, you made that decision. What day was it that you made the decision to go to the hospital? Do you remember? So that was on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, and Sunday. And you go, this is, this is a question <laughs> I know we're digging into weird details here, but did yeah, you just walk? Yeah, did, how did you get to the doctor? I just walked. Um, yeah, okay. The hospital isn't too far from me. It's probably like eight blocks and in New York, I feel like everything's pretty close. So, yeah. And um, no one really has cars. So, right. Right. It, it was walkable. Um but that's like the question, I guess, at least like where I live, I'm like, well, what if you don't have a car? Like, what if you, you know, like you, what do you do? Like, I guess you talk to the people and you call somebody or you call 911 or something and they'll figure it out. But I'm like, dang, like you don't want to get other people sick. Like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, here, like when I was walking, I felt like I had to be more than the six feet apart that they say, because yeah, I was at that point, I was like, I have it. 95% sure I have <laughs> yeah. it, you know? Yeah. It's like, I really don't want to give it to anyone else. So right. I felt like I had to walk in the middle of the street to get away from everyone. But yeah, if, if you didn't have a car or if it was too far, 
um, like, I guess someone would probably have to take a taxi or Uber, yeah. which doesn't seem safe because you're putting someone else's life in right. danger too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary. I, I think, I think of those things and, um, you know, those socioeconomic kind of issues that definitely propel and we're hearing a little bit more about, I think in the news and from, from like Dr. Fuchi, Fuchi, mm-hmm. whatever, however you say his name, I believe I got it close. Um, yeah. you know, we've, we've heard some of those things and they're definitely something to, um, I hope that when we get on the other side of these, that we can really examine that and look at some of those different issues that if, uh, reared their head at us, you know, uh, throughout mm-hmm. this, um, definitely some glaring issues in our country, um, you know, mm-hmm. that are, that are showing themselves. And I think that it's, it's, it's good. I think it's, it's going to help us make better decisions and make better, uh, progress on some of those, um, different issues for sure. Yeah. So Sunday you made the decision, you went to the ER, um, you walk mm-hmm. into the ER, how did that go? Um, to be honest, it was a lot um, less crowded than I thought <laughs> sure. it would be. Um, I walk in and he um, has me put on a mask right away. Yeah. Um, and I just had to wait for a little bit. Um, after I waited, I went through and got my vitals taken and then they put me in a room. Um, they closed the door and they put a sign on the door that says, this is someone possibly has COVID don't enter without any protection. Sure. Like that type of sign. And I, I had to wait there for a while. Um, and then after a bit, um, someone walked in to, um, administer the test and he was, you know, dressed up in like all the gear, yeah. which seems strange, but I guess that's what's needed. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they had the resources for it. Um, sure. And um, the test itself really sucks. I would not want to ever do it again because they have to swab way back up your nasal cavity. Yeah. And it hurts so bad. And I think that's changed since maybe you were tested. They've gotten. Oh, really? They've they've made some progress, I believe, and I think that's what's really helped in New York and helped in other places to speed up testing. Um, Mm -hmm. because yeah, and please, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. I read the same stuff that everybody else does. So I don't know this for sure, but, uh, I'm pretty positive that things have changed and they don't, they found that they don't have to go as deep in. They can just swab the Mm -hmm. nose. They can actually, and I believe what they're doing now is they're handing the individual the swab so that they don't have to use all those materials all the time, but they can hand that off. Um, and what I had heard was that because they had to go so far up into like the back of your throat, up into your nose and like all the way in the back, it was causing people to cough, which is because of the garb, right? Like that's what they wanted to have people protected because the testing was causing people to cough and, you know, basically spread the, the virus to our health professionals and staff. And so... Yeah, one of the big advancements, I believe, with testing has been they can just hand you the swab. You can swab your own nose, you know, deep in there, but not as deep as they were having to go. And mm-hmm. uh, basically self-test 
without having to expose so many people to the virus, which I think is a big progress. And then I think that there are even more advancements that are coming. I know I've heard stuff about um, testing people, you know, for antibodies and whatnot. They've got like a, a blood test. I believe they can do that instantly now, like know if you've actually been exposed to it in the past. Um, you know, if you think you had it, um, so those different types of things, but I mean, again, I'm, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not giving medical advice or I don't, I don't know, I guess 100%, but, um, that is something that I've read and, and heard that. And I believe, uh, you know, Dr. Fucci has also mentioned that in some of his, um, talks. So. Yeah. Which yeah. is a positive thing for everybody from the sounds of things. <laughs> yeah. It would be great. Did yeah. you have those experiences? Did you cough? Did you like have that like uh, mm, No, I don't think I coughed when he did it. I think I might have cursed at him. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it really hurt. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um Yeah. I yeah. I didn't cough though. He had me keep my mask over my mouth. I that was probably mm. in case I did cough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I coughed. How did, um, I mean, yeah. Did you, what's going through your head when, when this guy walks in with all the protective gear on and um, is, you know, is that um, like a relief? Is it, is it kind of like a, you're like, I'm glad you're taking care of yourself, but it also kind of feels like you're the, <laughs> the science fair project yeah yeah it kind of felt like it felt weird to be like so quarantined you know I, yeah i don't know it felt it felt very strange and um when the guy walked in like it kind of he kind of seemed annoyed and maybe mm. i'm reading into it too much like um but it seemed like he was annoyed that I would come in. Like I look healthy, probably. Like at that point, with the ups and downs, like I was feeling fine at that point, which yeah. kind of sucked. Like it would have been nice if I was going through a down point. Sure. When I had gone in, but like I, I felt fine and I probably looked fine, and I'm younger, and he probably thought like it was just like why, why is this young guy in here? Um, yeah. Or maybe that's just what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. Um, projecting that. But he did seem kind of annoyed, and and he didn't seem happy. Maybe it was because he's overworked. I don't know. Yeah. And so, like, I felt like when he walked in with all that and like had kind of that attitude, um, it just felt it felt like I wasn't welcome. Probably just because I did. Maybe it's because I did have it, and um, they didn't want me to give it to anyone else. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. It's just the whole thing was kind of a weird experience. Um, overall because of mm-hmm. the mixture of him being in all the gear and, and yeah. Did, did you feel that way, you know, of, of even just entering in uh, outside of that, did the hospital have that vibe? Did the ER have that vibe of like, no, not, not at all. Okay. Actually, just um, that individual, maybe just that individual did everyone else. Um, the front desk guy was super nice. The, um, the lady that took my vitals, she just seemed kind of rushed, but not really. Um, she just seemed overworked. Yeah. The other the other guy didn't seem overworked, but he just seemed kind of I don't know. Just give me that vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. And I, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. 
I, I've got, you know, I've got friends in, in the healthcare industry and in, in nursing, one of my best friends, uh, he's a nurse in, in Minnesota and he, uh, man, I mean, they're not really experiencing what New York or any of that, you know, and he's not even in that area, but all of the, I don't know, there's a, there's a scary fear based undertone, uh, from what he's described throughout, you know, in the hospital, just in general, in the, in the medical field. And, um, I think that, you know, I think it's just a scary thing. And I think with just so many unknowns that I think people, you know, everybody's different. Everybody responds to stress and to that anxiety and to fear differently. And we're human. And I I think that that's definitely who knows, right? Who knows what was going through that guy's mind? Who knows what he'd had to deal with if he had been there for 24 hours or, you know, how long he'd been there. But it's hard to tell. It's just interesting to to note. I mean, those those are all things that affect how you, you know, respond and how your brain kind of feel. And I, I think that especially in those unknown situations, I think we're always kind of like trying. It, it's like a bat echoing, you know, it's like you want that reverberation off of like, oh, is everything OK? You know, and so you're constantly <laughs> constantly putting your feelers out like, are we OK? Like, how am I? Yeah. You know, like, am I going to make it yeah. like what's going to happen? And it, it's yeah. scary. So, yeah. And. Yeah, eventually, like, another, um, the nurse practitioner came in. She was super nice. Like, she had mm-hmm. talked to me, and she, like, went through all my symptoms again and said that I probably had it um, again. And she prescribed me an inhaler, mm. um, which was nice for the breathing yeah. issues. I haven't heard anything um, about that. Yeah, like, inhalers, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... On the way out, after I talked to her, I saw the guy again, and he did seem nice again. So I think that, like, I think maybe he, I just caught him at a bad time at first, or I don't know what it was, but he did seem yeah. nice. I just wanted to make sure I said that. Yeah, of course. Um, no. Because, like you said, you don't know what's going on with him. Um, Man. Yeah. But, he, yeah. Yep. So you, did they, they, they did the test. How long does it take? At that time, I, I think this is another thing that's made progress. I, I think they can get, re, uh, you know, tests that are coming back within like five to ten minutes now. But oh, wow. I'm assuming that wasn't the case at the time. No, not at all. Um, when they took the test, they said it was going to be seven to ten days. Mm, dang. And I was kind of shocked because it seemed like I'd probably be better by then. Yeah. Um, but it actually ended up just taking two days. Cool. Which is still not as fast as five minutes, but right, right, yeah, and better I, than ten days. Yeah, again, I could be wrong on that, but I do believe it's sped up and it's been it's a more uh, immediate uh, response. They don't have to wait as long, so they have made some progress yeah. since you were there with that. What happened next? You got prescribed an inhaler. She talked through all those different things. She felt that it was yeah. as well. What happened? Mm-hmm. Um. So. After that, I they just um, had me had me leave. <laughs> I mean, that was it. Yeah, um, yeah. I I had the prescription, so I had to pick that up um, the next day, which I felt bad that I had to. Yeah, go out again. Uh, go out again and get it. <laughs> um, but I I needed that, um, and it did help a, a lot. The inhaler actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
anytime I felt like I was having breathing problems, I mm. would use it and it actually did help out. So I'm glad I got that. Um, yeah. Cool. And then, so this is, uh, you know, Monday you, you got the prescription mm-hmm. and how many days, you know, after that did it take for you to kind of finally get back on your feet and you said two days you got the official word that you were uh, tested positive. How did that all go as well? Um, so, yeah, the call was a lot sooner than I thought. It was on that Tuesday, and um, she kind of told me, yeah, I was positive, and that's like what the next steps are. Basically, when I stop feeling symptoms, then after that, like within three days, I can go out into the world and just be careful because they still don't know how, like how it spreads or if someone that is over, it can still spread it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I'm, I could go out and go to the grocery store, just try not to avoid or try to avoid touching things as much as possible, still stay six feet away. Um, but she wanted me to stay in my apartment um, until um, at least until like the two weeks from the first symptom. Mm. Um, so two weeks from that March 16th. Or, yeah. Or, or if I had symptoms past that three days after that. So yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, wow. Yeah. So you, was, you just kind of hung out inside. Did you notice things start to get better? How long did, you know, the cough and the fever last for you? So at that point, I think the last fever I had was the Saturday before, like the night before mm. I went and got tested. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the night before. Um, and then I, I still had symptoms up until Thursday, um, yeah. that Thursday. So I was still like, I was just basically resting a ton still and just sleeping a lot. Um, I got my taste and smell back, I think, around Wednesday, which... I believe it was around Wednesday. Um, from what I read, that's kind of fast. Most people, some people have it a lot longer. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, it still had those ups and downs. And so like Thursday was still, I was feeling great Thursday night and I was nervous that I was still going to feel like crap on Friday. But yeah. the next day on Friday, I still felt fine, 100% better. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. little bit of a cough, but like I felt great and then after that it was i didn't have any other symptoms yeah Yeah. that's uh that's awesome i mean that's like what you want to hear right like that's how that's how the system's supposed to work that's how this is supposed to go and did you find out you know were there questions about like kind of mapping who you've been in contact with you know and some of those different things throughout this process um no, actually, they probably should have done that, but no. Yeah. Um, um, I guess, yeah, actually, I take it back. I think they did mention, like, three days beforehand, um, because I did ask them about that, um, if, like, I should contact anyone. Um, yeah. But I, I had actually hung out with a friend of mine the Friday before, um, before I got it. 
Yeah. And he actually ended up getting it as well and tested positive as well. <laughs> sure. Um, was he the only should... one that you know of that you've came in contact with to, to get it? Or was there anybody from work that yeah. also? Yeah. No, he's the only one. Um, I actually know quite a few people that have had it. Yeah. Um, but out of people that I've had contact with, he's the only one. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure where we got it, but we both. Sure both ended up with it well and that's the thing that's why like we talked about like you could have gotten it just walking down the street in new york you know like it's it's hard to tell it's not like (laughs) it's not like you can necessarily run from it in in some ways and with the way you operate your life you know on a normal basis so yeah and at that point no one had talked about social distancing or anything so people were just walking close yeah yeah Nothing was closed at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that you do know uh, quite a few people that have, you know, contracted COVID-19. Um, mm-hmm. Is it, would you say that most people in New York are, are the same way? I mean, 160,000, there's a, millions of people that live in, in New York um, you know, right now in Florida, there, we just surpassed today 17,000 uh, active cases. And, you know, I, I don't know anybody down here. I don't know what those numbers are. I don't know, you know, it, it's it's still a lot of people, you know, and we're going up about 1,000 people every day, it seems like. Um, but, yeah, I, I you, like I said, you're the one of the first people. And I'm sure there's other people that I know. I know quite a few people in New York, but I just don't. I don't know of other people that have, have contracted COVID-19. So, um, you know, I've, yeah. do you stay in touch with those people? Were you able to talk to them or any conversations with people kind of encouraging or, um, you know, or are people doing okay that you, that you know, that have contracted it? What's, what's been the situation with all of that? So with a lot of the people that I've talked to, they didn't get tested because, the tests were hard to come by or they thought that they were hard to come by. And um, the only other person that I know that actually went and got tested and was positive was the friend that I was with. Sure. Yeah. um, That Friday. Um, But a bunch of my friends had all the same symptoms as me, like the loss of taste and smell and like the ups and downs, the fever. Um, But like, some of them had it way worse, way longer, like up to three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but we, I don't know, we've all just, I think everyone just kind of kept in contact around that time um, and still in contact with, I have some friends that currently, I believe, have it. And like, it's just kind of scary because you don't know how it's going to affect that person. Yeah, um, for sure. I've had um, a friend of a friend of mine pass away from it with mm. no underlying issues. And yeah. he was in his early 40s, I believe. And he just passed away in his sleep. Um, and so, like, you don't know if that's going to be you. You know what I mean? So it's kind yeah. of scary or if that's going to be your friends. Yeah. Um, you don't know how it's going to react with your with you. body. So, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think just keeping in contact with friends has been very important. I agree. I, I think that's one of the cool things, you know, I, I, 
my close friends, we, we do this anyway, uh, with or without a pandemic, you know, we we're all over the place. I got one of my best friends, in Indiana, the other best friends in Minnesota. And, you know, I've got friends in Utah. I've got friends, I've got friends everywhere, but, um, yeah, we, we tend to stay in touch in general as well, but I've just noticed, yeah, I don't know. It's just more acceptable. It's more, it's not this big thing, you know, like texting used to be this thing. Like you didn't, you didn't text people or how you message people or whatever, but now it's like video, you know, it's like, that's like, it's always been around, but it's been still one of those, like you gotta be, I feel like you have to be like close enough to do a video chat with somebody, you know? And I think that that barrier is slowly going away throughout this process too, of kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't know, just staying in touch and, and checking in on people, you know, and making sure everybody's doing yeah. okay. Yeah. It's been nice. I mean, it's good to have that connection, even even if you're not sick. It's nice to have a video chat because everyone's stuck at home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I work from home. You know, I do podcasts. I, I work on Crazy Face Suno from home. And it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to be home all week and not really go anywhere, you know, and stay at home and, and do stuff. And, um, but my wife and I like to do things on the weekends, you know, and like get out and mm-hmm. it kind of breaks up your week. And I've noticed that, yeah, my life hasn't changed all that much, but the fact that we don't leave the couch or we don't really leave that apartment outside of walking our dog, like it, it does, it's playing with my mind, man. It's playing with my mind. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, starting to twitch a little bit you know like yeah i gotta get out of here but uh (laughs) yeah i i'm sure that's the the way it is do you notice i mean in new york is there a camaraderie is there a unifying um feeling about yeah there there definitely is um i've kind of lived in like a quieter part of town yeah Uh, i'm near the river so i don't experience this as much but they at 7 p.m every night everyone claps for essential workers. Nice. That's the, um, that's the time change, right? That's sort of the shift change. Yeah. Yeah. When there's normally a shift change. And so, um, it just feels cool to have this like unifying thing that brings us all together. Yeah. Um, I like seeing it on social media and it has reached down to my apartment the last few days. So cool. hopefully I'll hear it again tonight, but yeah, that's um, really cool. I think it's a good way for us to all blow off some steam too, because we're all stuck in our apartments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, um trying to think of, you know, maybe maybe some other questions just specifically pertaining to COVID nineteen. Um anything that comes to mind that, you know, you you want people to know or you think it's important for people to know. Um, experiences just in New York and in yourself. Uh I mean Yeah. Um I would say take social distancing serious <laughs> Yeah. because if, if I would have like started doing that earlier, I wouldn't have gotten it. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that that's the first thing. Um, I also think in general, like New York, um, has become so quiet. Like it's very strange to walk around the city because now that I am better, um, I still stay six feet away from people, but I go on walks daily. Yeah. Um, but the streets are completely empty. Um, some of the streets that are normally packed with cars or people are empty. Like the stores are boarded up um, mm. or all the, 
all the retail items in the stores are completely removed. Yeah. Um, it's, it feels like a ghost town, which is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very much not New York. And right. All the stores have signs saying we're closed because of COVID-19 until further notice. Mm. Um, it's just, it's, it's interesting being here. It feels almost like an apocalypse, like an apocalyptic movie type situation. Sure. I mean, Um, it's New York, right? I mean, New York is, you talk about Vegas being the place that never sleeps, but (laughs) like New York, you know, it's like, it's New York. Like it's always busy. It's always hustling and bustling. And you know, it's, it's, uh, the hustle is real in New York, you know, people, Mm-hmm. People are out and about and doing things all the time, and it's a place to party. It's a place to have a good time. It's a place to make your millions and your fortune. You know, it's a it's a place yeah. for family. It's a pl- it's it's everything. It's it's a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and for that to cease, you know, and just completely kind of stop is uh, is crazy. I don't think that you know. I was listening to Dana White, the UFC president, uh, talk about that too. He's like, if you'd have told me, you know, that all of Las Vegas would shut down and would be a ghost town, I would laugh in your face, you know, like, no, never. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's, it's interesting. It's important. It's, it's, uh, it's something that we've never experienced before, which is mind boggling. It, it's still surreal to me. I, I don't, you know, it, it's real. I'm very, I would be lying if I wasn't nervous about things. Um, but it's, it's still a little surreal. It's crazy. Yeah. It's very surreal. Yeah. And like just walking around the streets here, when I do go out, normally in New York, no one pays attention to you. You just, they just walk by. Yeah. Now it's like everyone like looks at you like you have, like, what do you have? Like you have the disease. <laughs> and like they, yeah. they, everyone like backs away. Yeah. Instead of like normally people just walk by, like hit you in the shoulder, yeah. <laughs> you know, type of thing. I hate it. But that. now it's like, oh, <laughs> uh, I have to get away from you, whoever you are. Yeah. Um, it's just, you're like I'm fine. It's, I'm it's, clean now. I'm clean now. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's fun. Like, I've seen groups of friends hanging out on the street, but like all six feet apart, like drinking yeah. on the street. Or sure. Um, it's it's interesting. It's it's people are still enjoying their lives here, but yeah. in a different way and trying to stay safe while they're while they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I, I did think of another question. When you went to the, the yeah. ER, um, you know, if did you have to pay for anything? Um, not yet. I no. don't know if I will have to, to be honest. Yeah, that. Um, I, I mean, that's a. I don't think you're supposed to. Um, like none of your COVID stuff that you had to, you know, testing or anything. I don't think you're supposed to. But that's. I just wondered. They took all your information still, just like normal. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Is there any talk um, about blood donation as well? Like uh, the, is that is that something that's happening in New York? So there was like a thread going around about that, um, and I signed up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I read a news article that um, homosexual men can't donate their plasma and yeah. I happen to be a homosexual man. Yeah. And so I I was hoping to help out in some way and donate my plasma, which mm-hmm. would have the antibodies in it. Um yeah. but I'm not sure if that's going to be a possibility because Yeah. I had heard that as well and, and one of the reasons I was asking was was because of that. I, I mean 
I didn't know if that was something that, you know, you had had a conversation with the medical, you know, people, if that was something they were recommending to do, you know, once you got kind of got that call or, or what that was like. Um, just so you know, CJ, I, I have heard that there has been some movement on, quote, protocol uh, for that. I, I, one, I want to say I disagree with, uh, with that idea that you, uh, CJ, can't donate uh, your plasma or your blood. I, I think that's ludicrous. I think that's crazy. Um, but also, I think that there is some changes that have been made to some of those uh, rules or whatever. So maybe something to check into. I, I don't I don't really know. But um, yeah, I was just yeah. curious about that, if that was something that, you know, the, that people were encouraging or the, you know, health system was encouraging if, if you had issues with that or not. But yeah, I think they, they didn't really say anything about it. It's something that I had just found on my own. Yeah. Um, and I hope, I hope they change things around that I can help out, you know? Absolutely. I, but, I think it's silly that you wouldn't be able to, but yeah, everybody's unfortunately got their opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I think, you know, as far as covering, you know, your experience, I, I think we've really gone through that pretty thoroughly. And, um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else, you know, we've, we've kind of covered everything. I think we'll kind of close things out if you, unless you have something else to say or, you know, some other, um, anything else you want to talk about. But I really appreciate you coming I, on the show. Yeah, I, I love being here. It was fun. Yeah, I would, I would love, I'm going to, I'm going to hold your feet to the flame while I got you on air, but I'd love to have <laughs> you back on and, and learn about, you know, your life and, um, kind of stick to the crazy face, you know, uh, outline sometimes. So we'll have to chat and see if we can make that happen if you're interested. Yeah. That, yeah. That'd be great. CJ, Christopher Hartley. I appreciate it. Thank you for, um, yeah, sharing your story, sharing a part of your life and being vulnerable with us throughout this, you know, experience that you've had with COVID-19 and, um, you know, your life in New York. I, I think it's informational for everyone and um, gives gives people, one, I think it, it allows people to kind of understand what you're going through and what it's like. Um, and it gives people hope, you know, you and, and friends and people that you know, I mean, um, you're making it. It's, it's okay. You're going to, you're going to come out. It's, it's not easy. Um, but I've hope people and, and everyone out there, like we're going to make it through this and, um, yeah. let's do everything we can to be stronger and better. Yeah. Christopher, thanks again. Appreciate you coming you. on the show. I appreciate being here. It's been fun. Everybody else. Thank you for listening. I want to thank you all so much. Your contribution helps us share more stories like Christopher's and, and stories just like yours. Uh, speaking of contributions, please visit Facebook, Instagram, give us a like, give us a comment, uh, give us a shout out. And if you want to go above and beyond, share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends and family or just random strangers on the street. We're welcome to everyone. Please visit crazyfaceuno.com. Again, we're going to be donating all of our sales and donations to the World Central Kitchen. Uh, they're an organization that's doing some amazing work in New York and uh, just around the globe. They're, they're a really great organization. So um, if you feel the need and feel that urge to donate to them or, or buy something from our store, please do. Uh, it's going to go to a great cause. 
Thank you again for listening. We love you all out there. 